Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. And this is our 98th official episode. After our two-month hiatus, uh, we're back. And I'm just, I can't stop smiling right now. It's a really good feeling. It's a really good feeling. In case, uh, in case you haven't been keeping up with our personal lives, which of course, how would you? Um, we, we both moved into college, um, so we're no longer recording both from from New York City uh, as as high school best friends together. But trying to keep this thing going, why stop now? Before yeah. we get to episode 100, we're we're so close. Yeah, um, I, w- I was pissed that we couldn't do episode 100 in person, but we'll we'll have a celebration. You know what? From afar. You know what? We're, we're we're making it work. We're making it work. We've both we've both gotten gotten involved with with covering the NBA and and or sorry not even the NBA necessarily but but like working with basketball at our schools. I'm working with the Duke men's basketball team in the video room, and you're writing for the Georgetown uh, sports newspaper. So we're, we're we're finding ways to to keep it to keep it going. So it's it's been exciting for for both of us, but that doesn't stop our uh, our unique love of the NBA in addition to to the college sports. So so we're back. Long story short. For sure, man. Uh, and so I've been watching the first few games of the of the NBA, but man, I've just I've been waiting to talk about it with you um, mm-hmm. because I, I think we're gonna follow our traditional suit of just going through who our overachieving teams are, who our underachieving teams are, some of the award predictions, but maybe a little bit more general. Just who do we think is gonna break out? Who do we think what what rookies are gonna be good? Um, and just our our preseason uh, predictions for the rankings. So let's start it off with with going through or we usually do before every season. We kind of call it like a, a power ranking, but really it's more just of like a prediction of what the end of year seating is going to be. So I'll start it off with with the Eastern Conference. Um, I think the top two here is obvious. You go with I have Brooklyn one and Milwaukee two. I think you could you know you could flip those around potentially, but those are the top two, I think. From here it gets a little more interesting. I have still Philly at number three, Boston at four. New York at five, Atlanta, Chicago, Indiana, Charlotte, Washington, Toronto, Cleveland, Detroit, Orlando. Okay. Um, and so I, I, give me, I, give me like your, yeah. yeah. So I have Bucks at one, Nets at two. Those can be interchangeable, um, especially depending on how many games Kyrie Irving plays. For um, sure. You have the 76ers and the Celtics at three and four. I have yeah. the 76ers at five. Uh, and I have the Celtics at seven. Um, mm-hmm. And just because I feel like both of those teams, well, the 76ers are obviously dealing with the Ben Simmons situation. Um, it's kind of, you know, turbulent. I feel like if Ben Simmons isn't playing, they're going to have some tough time creating offense and especially in transition, which is where they got a lot of buckets last year. Um, with respect to this, with respect to the Celtics, I think their top two is going to be amazing. Like Jalen Brown, definitely going to be an All Star again this year. Jason Tatum, going to be an All NBA player. Um, but the the rest of the group seems a little lethargic, um, if that's the word. It just like in the first few games of the season. But it just the problem with that in the first few games of the season is that's a carryover from from last year. And last year they were like the the six or the seven seed, um, and so. For that reason, I have them a little bit lower. I have the Heat at three, and I have the Hawks at four. I just think both of those teams are so deep. Like, n- none of the, their players are below average NBA players, whereas I can point to some players on the 76ers, Knicks, Celtics, Bulls, et cetera, the people below them, who do have some holes. I just feel like those two teams have a bunch of guys who can create. Um, the Heat, they've no one on the roster can't defend except for maybe Duncan Robinson and with uh with the Hawks like no one can't go off the dribble um and so I think those two teams are a little more put together so I have Bucks Nets Heat Hawks 76ers then I have our New York Knicks at six um I think a lot of people have them a bit lower um because they just are going off of the roster not off of how they play together which is exactly why we all thought they would suck last year but then they were obviously wrong um and then I have the Celtics then I, at eight, I have the Chicago Bulls. 
At nine, I have the Hornets, then the Pacers. 11, I have the Raptors, 12 Cavs, and then Wizards, Pistons, and Magic. I uh, I realize I, I like neglected to mention the, the heat in my list. Um, <laughs> I, like, I, so I like, so my, so my rankings were wrong. I, I have the heat in between Philly and Boston. Um, okay. This was also, I made it between, like before the season started, right? So this is, I've had this, re- this list ready for probably a couple weeks at this point. So, the example for for Philly, like at this point, Ben Simmons hasn't played the play hasn't been playing for them so far. But the but the the reporting was at that time that they were going to try to get him to play, right? So like yeah, that was that was with the assumption that like maybe he was going to play some games for them this year, and which which very well still could be the case. Um, still up in the air, but still in defense of the 76ers, I don't know that I would have them at three if we're really not going to see Ben Simmons at all for them this season. But I still think. Joel Embiid is an MVP caliber player. We'll get to that later in this episode. Um, when you have a guy of that caliber in the prime of his career, like, and the 76ers aren't, are, are by no means like a, a poor team in terms of the surrounding cast. Like they have other talent in particular, like Seth Curry and, and Tobias Harris have looked good so far. Um, I don't know. Some people are higher on Maxi than others, um, but, but he is, he has a potential to like, to add some scoring. Um, I don't think he's as, he's as, as ready as a lot of people seem to think he is um, just because just he's had a few big games. Um, but I still think that the 76 years have a chance to be like somewhere in the conversation. I don't think it's fair. It's, I think it's easy as we talk about the contenders of, in the East to just completely write them off because of the whole Benson situation. But I don't think we yeah. should, uh, we should get like, this was the, like, you know, uh, this team, I think had the best record in the East last season. Um, yeah, they did. So like, I, like, I don't, I don't think that, they're going to all of a sudden fall to the six seed, for example. You know what I mean? Like I think this team's going to still be still be relevant as we as we move forward. Um, the Where Celtics, did you get the Bulls, the Bulls. Sorry, uh, Bulls at eight, just below the okay, Hawks. So uh, in the in the plan in the plan now, but uh, but but with the advantage of of only having to win one game to to move forward. Um, the the uh, the Knicks, I still have over the Hawks. I think I don't know that I don't know I don't know if you had the same thing, but. No, I a lot the of Hawks people four. Yeah, a lot of people have put the Hawks really high on their on their on their list, including like the Vegas odds um, have the, have the Hawks winning four. The over under is forty seven point five for the for the Hawks, and for the Knicks it's forty one point five. Putting the Knicks at ninth and the Hawks at four at uh, fifth. Personally, I think that's blasphemous. Like the Knicks were literally better than the Hawks in the regular season last year by like one game, like or, or maybe we ended up tied or something like that. Just because uh, the Hawks beat us in the first round doesn't suddenly mean that the that the Knicks are going to like fall off and the Hawks are going to like jump. Like I just don't think that's how it works necessarily. Because when you look at the roster, like the Hawks didn't really make any significant changes this offseason. They 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 got a couple guys that I like in the draft, um, but I would say that the Knicks are a, are a more restructured and added more talent and improved more this offseason than the Hawks did. So if you're picking one of those two teams to have a better record than last season. I would think it would be the Knicks, not the Hawks, and yet the team that everybody's picking to like suddenly improve and break out is the Hawks, which I think is interesting, and, and I get it I, because I, because they were so good in the right in the in the I playoffs. The, but the common perception is that the Knicks last year had an uncharacteristically good season; like everyone mm-hmm. on the roster had their career year, and that will be the best year they have for their entire career. Whereas the Hawks, that was viewed as more younger guys who this is more of a stepping stone for greater things to happen next season and the year after. Um, and I, I guess I get that because the Hawks are younger. A lot of them like with, with Deandre Hunter, Trey young, John Collins, Cam Reddish, etc. Whereas like the Knicks, like they have more established jazz. And even, even the guys we added like Evan Fournier, AKA Michael Jordan, like, you know, he's <laughs> like a vet at this point. Kemba Walker's a vet. Um, by the way, Kemba Walker just looks so happy playing for the garden. Like, Agreed. Oh God, I love I love that man so much, um, and Julius Randle. Like I think people expect him to be like a fringe All Star. Book that man for the game, man. Book That's what man. I'm saying. Like I think people are are significantly overreacting to playoffs and forgetting that for 82 games last season the Knicks were damn good. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. just because Julius Randle suddenly couldn't hit a shot for his life in the playoffs and Trey Young exploded on us. Like that's that doesn't suddenly mean that like they're going to win 10 more games than we are. That that's just the way that I'm looking at it. I don't I, call me crazy if you want to, but um, 
I think stop the disrespect with the Knicks in in the in the recency bias with the Hawks just a tad bit. Um, I would I would think that those two teams are going to be closer in the standings than, as I mentioned, the Vegas odds um, seem to think they will be. Um, going back to the Boston Celtics really quickly before we move on to the Western Conference, um, the Celtics, like like you said, like past Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum, uh, not a super stacked roster. Um, but I think when you have a top two that's that talented, that's a team that should be better than like whatever seven seed they were last year. And that's also th- their roster had a lot of issues with COVID um, and, and, were, and was pretty beat up. So like I, I, I and I also keep in mind, like I had the Celtics last year, I think as in my in this preseason power rankings is like the second best team in the East. Like I was really high oh, on the Celtics yeah. before the season. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, uh, you had Jason I, Tatum was like an MVP. Third candidate. MVP. Yeah, yeah. I, I put I put Jason Jason Tatum down for like a dark horse MVP. So I I was like way higher on the Celtics than they ended up being, and I think they underperformed. So I'm I'm like tempering my expectations a little bit this year, but I still think that last season was maybe a bit of an outlier, and I think that the Celtics team should be better than they than they than the, than the last year's rankings would indicate, and. Um, I mean, the Vegas odds have them as winning over under 45.5 in between the Hawks and the Bulls, but once again, above the Knicks. Um, I mean, I have them against above the Knicks too, but just barely. Um, I don't know. I think the Celtics are, are poised um, for, for a season that's going to be not only better than, than last year, but I think better than some fans are, are expecting just because I think their top two is so strong. Yeah, I understand what you mean, but I think that top two factor actually comes in more in, in the postseason than in the regular season. That's why I have the Knicks Maybe. at six and the Maybe. and the Celtics at seven. Uh, but if you asked me to pick who would win in a playoff series, I would probably pick the Celtics over the Knicks just because they have the two best players in the series um, mm-hmm. in terms of like shot making and whatnot. So I, I for that reason, at the Celtics at seven, um, the Bulls, I think a lot of people are overrating them a little bit. Um, I think they'll be a very good team. I just think the East uh, is very top heavy, so they won't crack that top six really. Um, and then, th- honestly, like with the with the rest of the standings, only thing notable I have is I think I have the Wizards at thirteen. I think that might be lower than most people. I just think mm-hmm. they have, like very little outside of Bradley Beal, and it's just not like really really a winning culture there. Um, I have the Cavaliers at 12. I think the Cavs are actually going to be really good this year relative to what they've been for the past two or three years. Um, just because, you know, Colin Sexton's a year older. Darius Garland has come into his own. And I think Evan Mobley will get to this more later. I think he's going to have an outstanding season. I think he's going to be a legitimately a great player. Um, and also in the first two games of the season, the lineup of Laurie Markkinen, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen, like three seven-footers, they've been starting Laurie Markkinen at, at the three. That's like kind of been working, um, and, yeah. and if that if that does work, I think that's going to win them some games. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think the, that Laurie at the three like is sustainable on defense in its in its own. But like Evan Mobley and, and Jared Allen are two of the more versatile big man defenders probably in the league. So so I like. Yeah, I mean that, that that's a good way to cover it up. Especially, I mean, you could say the same thing about Garland and Sexton. Like that's not a great defensive backcourt either. Um, yeah, I would still put the Wizards over them. Just like I think that when you having having a Bradley Beal like thirty point per game scorer like bona fide bucket getter like that's good enough to win you more games I I would I would guess than uh, than these sort of like rebuilding teams um, but we'll see you you could be right um, definitely not a lot of talent on the roster after him but I think let's move on to the West if you if you don't have anything else to add um, yeah let's uh, let's go ahead I'll uh, I'll, I'll go first this time yeah. yeah. So going down the list, I got Suns, Jazz, Lakers, Warriors. At five, I got the Mavericks, the Nuggets, Blazers, Grizzlies. At nine, I have Clippers, Timberwolves, Pelicans. And 12, I have Kings, then Rockets, then Spurs, and then the OKC Thunder. I had Jazz, then Suns, so flipped flipped your top okay. two. Then Lakers, which was the same. You had Warriors at four. I have Warriors at seven. Above them, wow. I have the Mavericks, Nuggets, Trailblazers. So, yeah, I think it's the Warriors at seven. Then Grizzlies, then Clippers. You had Clippers at nine as well. Yeah. Um, I had Pelicans, Kings, Timberwolves. I think you had the Timberwolves higher than I did. I have Timberwolves, yeah, I, 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 Timberwolves, like I had Timberwolves at 10, yeah. Yeah. Um, then Spurs, Rockets, Thunder. So I think the, 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 the most interesting thing to talk about here is is the Warriors because you had them at four and I had them at seven. Um, 
Yeah. Um, Start off why, on why you're high on them. So I I think Steph Curry is going to have a carbon copy of last season where he was second in MVP voting and he dropped 32 points per game and was arguably the, the best scoring. player in the league. Yeah. yeah. And it was arguably the best player in the league. Um, I also think that on top of that, because Steph Curry is going to do that, but last year his team was the like the eight or the nine seed. But when I've watched the like the few games of the Warriors that they've had so far, it does look like a different team. Draymond's already more or less in shape, and especially that was some of the reason they also started out poorly last year is because Draymond Green came into these came into the season not in shape. Um, so you have an in shape Draymond. Um, Jordan Poole has become like a kind of a stud, mm-hmm. like he's just been pulling up and just generally having just one elite one more guy. To where Andrew Wiggins isn't, you're just like, you're not putting a really big burden on Andrew Wiggins when Steph comes out of the game to just have a little bit more shot creation. That's going to go a long way for them. Um, and to where, like, literally, when Steph Curry was on the floor last year, they were like basically a five seed team. And when they were, when Steph Curry missed like 12 or so games, I think they went like one and 11. Um, and so that's why they were bad. Um, and so if Steph Curry stays healthy, I think this team you know, just has a little more umph to it. It's a little more complete. I, I feel like if I look at this team and when I've watched the two games that they played, there isn't a glaring hole in it like there was at last year. Plus, Clay Thompson's going to come back halfway through the season, hopefully. And then I think they're just going to be like one of the best teams in the league from that point on. Yeah, I, it's interesting because I don't even, I'm not even thinking of myself as like super low on the Warriors uh, or like like a Warriors hater in this, in in like putting them at, at seven, although that's way lower than you have them, and and way lower than the Vegas odds have them. Vegas has them as tied for fourth with the uh, with the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I guess it's just like I think that the top of the West is really strong. I I I, I think that, that there's no reason that the Jazz and Suns should fall out of the top two. The Lakers, I don't know. I'm not. I really. I I was really already not feeling the the Westbrook thing, and he has looked. Dude, he's looked so bad. He's looked Horrendous. so bad. I like, I could not considered... could not have. Yeah, go ahead. Like we'll talk about this more, but I've had the Lakers as my Western Conference champs for the past three years. Like literally, ever mm. since LeBron got there, that like this is have me doubting it the for exception. the first time. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: is is I had this. We had this conversation via like an NBA group chat with some of the friends that were with some of our friends from high school. And I said, like, if I'm, you know, Frank Vogel, if I'm, if I'm the LA Lakers, like, I would take many starting point guards in the NBA over Russell Westbrook. And that's not to say that Russell Westbrook isn't still one of the most talented uh, starting point guards in the NBA, or that he doesn't belong on the NBA 75 list, or that, like, he's not one of the, like, most remarkable, historically significant players the league has ever seen. But it's just that, like, the man does not know how to play in a system. He does not know how to play where like his role isn't running everything through him. What if I, this is, this is talking to the fans, like everybody listening is like, next time you watch the LA Lakers, watch what Russell Westbrook does when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. Nothing, nothing like he, 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 he when he passes the ball, he doesn't move. When he's off the ball, he doesn't set screens. <laughs> when like when somebody's like trying to like penetrate whatever, like he doesn't cut, like he doesn't move. He just stands where he is and waits to get the ball. Like that just doesn't work when you have LeBron James on on, on your team, right? Like LeBron James has been exposing uh, smaller defenders his entire career. It's hard to get that matchup when your point guard won't come set a screen for you and force a switch. It's really yeah, hard. Cool. It's really hard for LeBron James to have spacing when your point guard chucks up bricks. And by the way, like that's not the end of the world. LeBron's made that work before, but it's impossible to make that work if your starting point guard isn't even a threat to then cut to the basket off of off of that off of being on the on the perimeter. Um, if he's not going to take that shot, you know what I mean? Like you just have to make yourself a threat on offense. And right now, Russell Westbrook is a 0% threat when the ball isn't in his hands. And I yeah, think, by the I, way, every shot that, that Russell Westbrook takes when LeBron James and Anthony Davis are on the, for, are on the court is a, win for the, is a win for the defense. You have two of the most dominant scorers in the NBA on the court, 
and Russell Westbrook, who at least by the eye test, I don't know what his numbers so far this season are saying, looks terribly inefficient. Every shot he takes as, as the defense, you're like, hallelujah, LeBron and Anthony Davis didn't just take another jumper or didn't just come yam on us. Like, thank God, <laughs> because those guys are hard to stop. You're do- Russell Westbrook being on the court is doing the defense favors right now. I, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think mm-hmm. that LeBron has made so many things work in the past that yeah. he's kind of just not going to have that BS that almost like James Harden kind of would, you know, not to name drop. Or even like KD back in the day, like like young, nice KD <laughs> would. So I feel like over the course of 80 games, there will be some sort of just like, hey, cut the crap. Like I'm LeBron James and, you know, I'm like one of the smartest basketball minds in the world and we're going to fix this. Yeah, I, and I, so I think I think sorry, keep going. It, it's not like Russell Westbrook just is is opposed to what like, I don't think he's so headstrong that I don't, I don't think he's like, no, I'm, I'm deliberately sabotaging my team. I think if someone like, you know, who he respects, he's a friend or whatever, just kind of who's, who's no, also notorious for just like getting his way and, you know, just sculpting the team around what he wants. Like LeBron wanted Westbrook there or he wouldn't be there. And so I think sure. LeBron at least has some sort of solution that's going to happen over the next 80 games or so. Cause you know, he hasn't, LeBron hasn't looked too outstanding anyways, relative to LeBron terms. But I, I, I thought in the think... first game he was amazing. I thought the first game, like against the Warriors, even though they lost. Oh, yeah, he was okay. amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I, I watched the Suns I didn't watch game. I didn't, I didn't watch the Warriors. He, he, he yeah. did not look good in the Suns. They got blown out. Um okay. but on the whole, I, I do think that they will work it out. Um and come playoff time as well, they will have like three of the five best players on the court at all times. So I don't know. Yeah, I, that, yeah, that's what I, I'm telling myself. You're not wrong. I, I, the, the, I guess this is this is since we're talking about the the end of season standings. This is mostly me talking about the regular season and why I think that it's like clogged and clunky yeah. and like that, there's no way that, that I, in my opinion, the Lakers beat out like get the number one seed this season because like it just doesn't it's just like doesn't work well right now. It's like bad chemistry. Like and and like you said, like if they figure that out middle of the season, like good for them. But they've already they're already gonna have lost a bunch of games by then. So that's why I have them at the third seed. They're still an incredibly talented team. They have LeBron freaking James, like, but they're not, they're not the one seed. Um, for, for if, if you're, if you're wondering why that was basically a long way of saying that, um, I guess though, I would like to bring up, like you're saying, okay, like LeBron's going to at some point be like, cut the BS. My guess is that's why there's some tension in the locker room right now. Like, I don't know if you if you like saw all over Instagram, there was all kinds of clips about like Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard fighting on the bench. Yeah. Or like yeah, Rondo got into some like fight with a fan where he's like pointing at <laughs> a finger gun. Like, like what are the Lakers doing right now? Or, or like LeBron is like talking talking trash to campaign like from the bench. Yeah. Like why is like why is all this stuff happening? And like all in one game, my guess is like tensions are running high in the Lakers locker room right now. That's that's like reading into things, but I do think it would make sense for, for all three of those things to happen within one game. Like something's probably going on there behind the scenes. Uh, and, and it gives, it gives me some sort of vibes of that 2004 Lakers team, or mm. I, I think it was 2004, um, which had all those stars. Um, in addition to Kobe and Shaq, they had like Gary Payton and Carl Malone. Um, and it just didn't work. Or even more recently uh, with, with Kobe and Gasol, um, and they added, who did they add? They added Dwight Howard and Steve Nash. And it was just like too many cooks who have been the number one option on their team for the past 10 years. Yeah. And coincidentally, all on the Lakers too. Um, and that has just not worked in the past. So I feel like I'm getting a little bit of those vibes. That I, but I kind of don't want it to have those vibes. I, you know, I, I want the Lakers to be successful just to watch greatness because there is so much greatness there. Yeah. And then uh, continuing my argument of like the top of the West is strong, even though I just argued against the Lakers, basically they're still the Lakers. Um, I'm, I'm a believer that like, I'm big, I'm big, like obviously I'm a big Jokic fan. Um, if you've ever listened to another episode of this, of this podcast, you know that. And, and Luca's got a soft spot in my heart as well. So like, I'm a believer that both of those guys just, just by being themselves can win you like close to 50 games. Right. And that's, and that's um, according to the Vegas odds enough to put you, you know, like, around the fourth spot. So like, I, I, I don't, I, I would put them above, above the Warriors for that reason. Just like, I don't know, maybe you say the same thing about Curry, but like, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could say the same thing about Curry. You could say the same thing about Curry. I would. <laughs> about like that, this guy alone can lead this many games. But um, I guess, I guess, injury stuff. And I also think like there's the Warriors are a very system dependent team that, and I think they have a lot of guys who don't. A lot of guys that you would think would be getting rotational minutes who don't know the system, right? Like Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga haven't been playing so far, but like, and also James Wiseman hasn't been playing so far. But if you start giving those guys minutes, then you're there's not a learning curve. Definitely, we, we, we saw that with uh, with Kelly Oubre last year, how he yeah. just was not fitting in, and then same with Andrew Wiggins. But then halfway through the year, they they got it, and yeah, and they started playing better. So we'll see. I I just the Warriors are a confusing team right now, so I'm hesitant to just like throw them on top of teams that I think are a little bit more proven. And it's weird to say the Warriors aren't proven because they have Steph Curry. Like they, this is the team that's won multiple championships together. You know what I mean? But like, it doesn't feel like the same team right now to me. I mean, and, I mean, th- at least when I was making this list, their their first couple games have been strong. But um, but but I'd like to see, I'd like to see the Warriors like put some stuff together before, and maybe they've been doing that already. But like. Put some, put some stuff together before I throw them like ahead of the the Mavericks and the Nuggets, who, in my opinion, have like other MVP candidates on them. So sort of the same thing as like the Joel Embiid argument, even though yeah, gotcha. the uh, the Nuggets are injured. Um, yeah. Um, so going down the list, uh, yeah. you know, I, I have the Blazers at seven. Um, I think CJ's looked pretty good. I think he's also going to have like a a bounce back year. I, I know a lot of people were kind of critical of him and also we're, we're trying to get the Blazers to trade him. Um, I think he's going to have a good year. The addition of Larry Nance was very good. Hopefully Robert Covington can, you know, turn back the clock two years to when he was like the best role player in the league. Um, and, you know, you, you just have, you have Logo Willard and that's, that's going to get you into the playoffs and it has for the past, I don't <laughs> even know how many years, but I, I know they are the, they're the longest active uh, playoff streak in the NBA, I believe. Um, the Trailblazers, and so they're they're going to be there again. Um, at eight, I have the Grizzlies. Um, I think too. I think the loss of Valanciunas is pretty big, um, which is kind of why I didn't like that trade for them. But I also like that John Morant is going to be freaking awesome this year. We'll get into that yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. I think that that's going to negate, and so they're going to like stay at the eight seed. Clippers are at nine. Like they actually like they haven't looked bad so far. Um, I I. Don't know if Paul George is on that same tier as Dame, where you can just like, oh, uh, uh, it's a playoff lock. Um, exactly. And the Grizzlies exactly. are have, have like better role players than the than the Clippers, and I think over the course of eighty two games, that's going to manifest itself in like two more wins, and that'll be it. Um, I want to talk about the Timberwolves really, really quickly. I have yeah, them at ten. You have them at ten, yeah. Which is like the highest they've been in years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they would be that high um, because, you know, Cat is back. You know, he missed so much time last year. D'Angelo Russell's back. He missed so much time in the past few years. So this is predicated on them being healthy because we've kind of never seen them healthy. So I feel like we're sure. just accustomed to putting them low or, or we're accustomed to seeing them low. So we put them low, even though the reason they're low a lot of the time is because they've been injured. Um, so if they're healthy, then I think that goes far. And then also you have the jump that Anthony Edwards could possibly make mm-hmm. this year after averaging like 19 points per game in his rookie year. I think he he's, he jump off up to like low 20s. And then suddenly you just have like three guys that are pretty freaking good at basketball. And I think that Anthony definitely... Edwards is on the road to like legit offensive superstar in like the next few years. Yeah. 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 People you know, sleep and, and... on it so much because they just love LaMelo Ball, which is like yeah. fine, but. He plays and, Minnesota and, too. You're not wrong, I think, to to be to be high on like yo, like if this team was healthy, like D'Angelo Russell, the last time we saw him healthy was an All Star in the Nets, right? And like, yeah, Cat is is maybe the most talented scoring big man of all time, like or like has that potential. <laughs> um, except like also like he's never healthy and has had all these personal issues. Um, can can like he finally like be be back to the player that like we all see that potential, that, that the potential there. Um, I just like, I guess I'm saying like odds are like more than not that like something else comes up again this season. Like you're, you're envisioning a perfect scenario. And I hope I really yeah. do that. Like that, that comes together for the, for the Timberwolves, but like based on track record, that would seem unlikely, but we'll see. Like, I don't think you're wrong. Dude, like, been, this I've team should cat- be a 10 seed, not a 12 seed, <laughs> I, but. I've I've been a cat truther for like years at this mm. point. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. I remember um, you having yeah. cat over like Jokic. Like Jokic. And like I, I like I thought that was crazy. 
still yeah. do, still do. But but yeah. But like, like there was there was a, there was a moment where like Cat was a lot a lot higher debatable. on people's yeah a lot higher on people's like raiders I guess than he is right now. So like don't forget that that like the Cat Jokic Embiid conversation was like. Like, like Kat was in the conversation for the best totally the thing. NBA, along with like, totally you know, like Anthony thing. Davis. Like, yeah. Honestly, I, I think if he's healthy, I think he could totally be an all-star this year. He should be like, like he's yeah. good enough to be like, like but like yeah. no one mentions it ever. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like it, I feel like it's just never on his radar. Yeah. 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 Cause he's, he's been injured. Um, and honestly, I don't really have anything else to know. I think the Rockets are going to be very good relative to what other people think. Um, I just don't have them above the Kings or the Pelicans, but I think they'll definitely be better than the Spurs just because I think Jalen Green is a monster um, and Christian Wood is also very good. And those two players like are more dynamic than really anyone the Spurs have, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my reasoning. Um, I don't really have anything else to talk about the West. Let's get in. Let's get into some MVP picks. I mean, we're t- we're talking. Yeah. We're going to go through. I think kind of like loosely award stuff, but not necessarily award predictions. Because like at the end of the day, that's like not that useful or fun. It's kind of more interesting to talk about like what the rewards are going to represent. But but MVP, I think, is we're talking about. That's the one that people people care about the yeah. most. My yeah. sort of take, I guess, that I'm gonna like like start with here is that I, like my prediction right now is that we are not going to have a first time MVP winner this season. Is that that the, whoever wins MVP is going to be a repeat winner, and so that's the, the people I, I, I put at the top of that list. My top three picks for MVP are one Giannis, two Kevin Durant, three Nikola Jokic. I would love for Nikola Jokic to go out and repeat, but like I said, I had the Nuggets as I think the fourth or I think I was the fifth seed. That's tough. It's tough to win the MVP, the MVP. You know, like no Jamal Murray, like Michael Porter Jr. would have to have a a great season. For them to be, you know, a top three seed, which would basically be a, re- a requirement for Jokic to win MVP. Um, although maybe they're the four seed last year. I don't. W- they actually, I, yeah, I they think. were the fourth seed last year. So maybe, maybe if they're the four seed again, Jokic will have a chance to repeat. Um, although he got so much pushback, I guess, from people being like, "Oh, LeBron should win." Like, in my opinion, Jokic so obviously deserved the MVP last season, and people still were like very unhappy that he won it for whatever reason. I think it's unlikely that he wins it again this year. And it's more likely that Giannis comes out and wins it because people are so high on like the Bucks narrative right now, and, and, and rightfully so, coming off of Finals MVP. He, he, I think he could very easily win his third in, in four years. And I think that's the safest pick right now. So I have him as one. Uh, Jokic is three, and in between Kevin Durant, especially if there's no Kyrie in the like that, that creates a narrative. Um, I think the Nets are going to be great this year, even even without Kyrie. I think they they should cruise to a top two seed in, in the in the East. Um, their veterans have looked actually like good, like Lamarcus Aldridge and Paul Millsap, and like yeah. Patty Mills and whoever. Like Patty Mills is a stud. Exactly, he, he was like, seven for that, seven in threes. Like I think people people like overlook the fact that this team is more than just the top three, and like they actually have like a pretty deep rotation this year. Um, so Which like like watch out for the next year. Exactly, yeah. and 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 Kevin Durant is the heart and soul of everything that they do. So so Kevin Durant, I think, is number two. You, Kevin Durant you is my number or? one. Yeah, Kevin okay. Durant's my yeah, number yeah. one, actually. Um, okay. I think if, if there is no Kyrie or if there's limited Kyrie, then I think Kevin Durant is my MVP pick just because mm-hmm. I think he also just showed out in the playoffs last year. I kind of think he's the best player in the NBA, and he's just going to have free range. Yeah, to just no, I think I agree. Shred, just shred defenses. Um, I'm interesting to see the full dynamic between Kevin Durant and James Harden because James Harden – you know, was an MVP candidate and an MVP winner like less than five years ago. And I wouldn't call him worse than he was back then. So why are we saying, you know, Kevin Durant's in our top five MVP candidates, but James Harden isn't? Well, he's another reason I, why why my take of we won't well, we won't have a first MVP makes sense. Like and, and I didn't even get to mention like Steph Curry and LeBron James are never out of the running. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we've got a, we've got a lot of former MVPs in the league that are gonna get a real shot. Yeah, the the only way I see a first time MVP happening is if is if the Mavs are a top three seed. Yes, uh, and and you or, have Luke, Luke Or I was a year early on Jason Tatum being a dark horse. <laughs> <coach. laughs> or uh, or the the I'm right about the 76ers still being like damn good with the Ben Simmons oh, yeah, debacle. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that that would be a heck of a narrative. Is is if the if the if the 76ers were a top three seed with no Ben Simmons and Yoke, uh, sorry and, and and Joel Embiid just like backpack them to, to still being top of the east 
that's uh that's an MVP season right there potentially. Yeah, so those, so, so those are the, the three way, I the, would say, the way the way I see it playing out for me uh is Kevin Durant drops 30 a night uh and the Nets are like a 1 or a 2 seed um and then you know like there will be problems with the other candidates like you know Steph Curry uh is the 5 seed or Jokic is the 5 seed um Giannis, mm-hmm. I guess, voter fatigue, or maybe yep. not a narrative there. Um, and so that kind of just leaves Kevin Durant with, with the award who, you know, totally earns it by just sniping for 82 games. And by the way, the fact that Kevin Durant only has one MVP for Dude, his career so is, is crazy, right? Like he, so like he probably crazy. should have, like, just like based off caliber of player, probably should have more. So that's why I think also, yeah. like, the voters would be happy to give Kevin Durant a second MVP. He's he's an all-time great. Yeah. Um, um, second, I have Steph Curry. Um, again, like I think this is just going to be a carbon yeah. copy of last year. You He's always, you always have Steph Curry in your top three MVP picks. So this okay, is okay. No you always have Jokic but... in your top three. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I think, yeah, I think Steph Curry. He's going to come out. He's going to drop thirty all year. His team just won't be good enough. I think if if his team is top four, I think he could get some serious looks. Um, and you know, I just think they're going to be better than last year. So I think there's a decent possibility for that to happen. Uh, and I think, especially if Clay Thompson comes back and they start winning more games, I think there might be some nostalgia for the old Warriors. I know a lot of a lot of people last year were pissed that Curry did not win the MVP, so there's um, some some demand there. Um, yeah. And so I got three. Uh, I have Jokic for all the reasons you said. Four. I have Giannis for all the reasons you said. And then five. Just as a, hear me out. As a dark horse. As a Almost dark did. horse. Like a like a hella dark horse. Yeah, no, like, no, no. Shoot, like, shoot, Donovan Mitchell, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Like, because like, if the Jazz are the one seed and he just drops like twenty seven a game, like, how could you not? You know, like, how could you not have him in the race? And yeah, I think no, I just think like, I just think he's I think he's a dog, and I think he's gonna still get better year by year because we, we talked about this. So I talked about this last year in the podcast, and I was like, why, why is Donovan Mitchell like not even on? anybody's lips for for the for the for the mvp race like not that i thought that he should have been mvp but like the fact that no one even talks about him as mvp was was fascinating right because because even devin booker and, and chris paul are getting more looks than um than donovan mitchell even though the jazz were like the best team in the nba just interesting but i so i think i think that's actually it's it's wise of you to bring that up even though i don't um, think it'll happen let, let's go down the list of rookies we just think that are going to overachieve or underachieve um, yeah, or really just have good or bad seasons. Um, I'll start off. I think Evan Mobley, like I think he's my rookie of the year pick. And I feel wow. like no one is, I feel like no one is talking about that. They're all just like, okay, two, two person race between uh, Jalen green and Kate Cunningham, maybe throw Jalen Suggs in there. And that's just because people are so guard heavy and which is fine. But I feel like people forget like, you know, bigs can come out and they're all, they're auto double, double machines. Like Carl Anthony Towns, like Evan Mobley, I feel like he's going to have like a like an eighteen and ten thing, and like that's like I remember Cat had that, and everyone was like gushing over it. Um, and I feel like it's going to be a similar thing. Plus, he's going to be really good on defense. Um, as he has no holes in his game. Last night he was drilling threes in mid ranges, like that's that's filthy. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my that's my first one. Um, and I think we, we can just go down like a list if you've any takes as well, and we'll go back and forth. Yeah, um, I guess I'll, I'll like bundle my 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 two into one. First is I actually think Jalen Green's going to run away with the Rookie of the Year. Um, so like kind That's of fair. counter counter to your to your he's, he's my two. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think he's he's the obvious pick right now. I think he's going to be hella fun to watch and and just put up big big points numbers. While the and I and you said that you were you you were higher on the Rockets. Some people. I do not think the Rockets are going to win many games this year, but I think they're going to be they're going to be a good like NBA league pass watch team. Um, Jalen Green, the way he moves around the court reminds me so much of John Moran. Um, not only is it that. like the yeah, yeah we we talked about that, and you didn't really understand what I was saying, so let me explain yeah. really quickly. I think not only is it like oh he's aggressive at the rim and he tries to dunk on people just like John Moran does. Mm-hmm. But just the way he moves around the court, he's lightning quick and he's hella thin and like skinny and lanky like John Morant is. Like when I just see footage of him, I have I think to myself, is that John Morant? Oh wait, no, it's Jalen Green. Just the way the way he like moves okay. his like kind of like side to side crossovers and like you're, he like throws it to the other side and then t- kind of chases after the ball and goes to the rim. Um, 
stud. Let me let me respond to Evan Mobley quickly. I think I was having this conversation with with, with someone recently, and we were sort of talking about like how how basically this was like pretty got pretty pretty like philosophical and like zoomed out. But it's like, is it really worth taking big men with like top five picks? Because the question is sort of like, how often do you land like a really truly franchise altering like your cornerstone guy? Um, as a big man, as as like a top five pick, because there aren't many like best player on a great playoff team bigs in the NBA right now. Like it's Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic, and Bam. Like Anthony Davis Maybe isn't even, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like in in Gobert was like I think a second round pick. Um, Jokic was a second round pick. Second round pick, yeah. right? Like Joel Embiid was third, so he's an exception, right? But like. Even you look at like Cat, he was taken first overall. Like, has panned out, hasn't panned out for reasons that are more complicated, quite the way you would have hoped, right? But like, the Anthony Davis is like maybe the is like He's one the of like, yeah. great exceptions, yeah. But, but like even then, like he wasn't like he didn't win in New the Orleans. Pelicans, exactly, yeah, exactly. So so most more often than not, when you draft a guy who's like comes in and takes the league by storm as like a top five pick it's a guard or, or a wing that kind of like plays like a guard. You know what I mean? So I think it's more likely that the people, like the guy that gets people talking out of this draft class is not a big, but one of the guards that you mentioned, like Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, or let me get to another guy that I think has been really impressive. And I think has, has shown a lot of flashes is Scotty Barnes. Um, I only got to, I, I, I've, I've been, I've been busy this week. So like haven't gotten to, watch as much of the opening sort of few games as I would have liked, but Scotty Barnes um, put up one big like 25 point game and the Raptors only win so far. But from what I have watched, I feel like whenever the, whenever he's in the court, he's the one like bringing the ball up the floor. So as you know, like a pretty big, like small forward type of build, like he's really playing the like floor general kind of role. And he's averaging like less than two assists per game. He's averaging like 18, 10 and like 1.7. So like, the assist numbers wouldn't suggest that he's like some great playmaker or something like that. But I would say that the offense seems to be like revolving around him, I guess. Like already as a rookie, he seems to be the like kind of a go-to player in their offense. So I, I'm excited about Scotty Barnes. Um, if, if, for, if you, yeah, yeah. For me, players that I am not excited about. Mm-hmm. I, about and I don't know. Like I could so be wrong. I hope I am wrong. Um, three that come to mind are Josh in the, in the, in the top, 15 is Josh Giddy, Franz Wagner and James Booknight. Um, I think Booknight has a lot of hype around him. I, I hope he's good. I just, I feel like his game is very much predicated around tough shot making. And I don't know if that's going to work at the next level. Um, Wagner, I admittedly don't even know that much about um, just from what I've seen again, like when we're talking about the big thing, like Evan Mobley has like a lot of intangibles. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, I don't know if Wagner has that. Um, and Josh Giddy, um, he so he showed some good like passing, some good scoring. I think he's one of those guys that's, that's pretty good at a lot of stuff, but not great at anything. And those guys are kind of hit or miss. Like I don't know if those guys become your star players. That's what I was going to say so, about Franz Wagner too. Yeah, yeah. And and like uh, for like a top five or a top ten pick, like that's just kind of the framework I'm working within. Yeah. Okay. I, and also like not to overreact to the to like a really small sample size, but. Jalen Suggs is shooting 22% from the field and Josh Giddy is shooting 30% from the field right now. I, and then those are two guys I looked up. I'm sure there's other rookies who have been abysmal um, shooting wise also. Um, interesting that Cade Cunningham still hasn't played a game with injury. I'm not even really sure what the story is with that, but hopefully he's back out soon. Um, Kuminga and Moody. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I mentioned this earlier, but like, it'll be interesting to see how much playing time they get this season because the Warriors are like really high on them. Um, and like yeah. refusing to trade them because they're trying to do the Spurs thing of like once Curry and Clay and Draymond retire, we're like, like keep this thing going. So they're like building both for the future and now at the same time. Interesting strategy and like thought experiment, but it's kind of weird that they're probably going to be spending a lot of time on the bench this year with Wiseman um, not actually playing that much, uh, but they've definitely got potential. I wanted to shout out Cam Thomas, uh, who like everybody was oh, freaking yeah. out over in the summer league and preseason. Cause he averaged like easily over 25 or something like that. But like he's gotten four minutes per game so far. So like everybody chill out a little bit because like he, you know, so far this season, he's like barely touching the court. Um, 
And then another guy that I want to talk about, I, I talk about the Kuzma effect a, de- a decent amount on the podcast, which is basically the idea that like you get a rookie who comes in after playing four years in college and they look really good because they're older than like a lot of the guys from the last like three or four draft classes. So the guy that I'm talking about here is Chris Duarte, who's like right now averaging like 20 for the Pacers. Keep in mind, Mans is 24 years old. Like he's yeah. two years older than John Morant and the same age as Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell last year. So, <laughs> that's, so like, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. On my list, I, I, I have quote, Chris Duarte is a stud. By stud, <laughs> I don't mean stud for the future. I just mean like, oh, he's going like, to be a very yeah, good role yeah. player for this year. Um, exactly. Other so names like, don't the, expect Chris, by the Kuzma effect, yeah. I mean, don't expect him to keep like progressing at the rate a usual rookie does, even though he's already many steps ahead. Um, other names before we go on, David Mitchell is awesome. He also has, mm-hmm. he also is one of the best nicknames of all time, Off, off Night. night. Because because when he's guarding your best player, that your best player is going to have an off night. Um, great, great for him. Um, name to watch out for. I don't even know if he's played, but I just love this guy, Usman Garuba, out of Spain. He's a beast. Okay. Uh, but he's like hella athletic and he plays hard. I don't know if he even has any skills. Uh, and then <laughs> Sharif Cooper. Sharif Cooper is getting overhyped. Like it's just, it's literally just Bleacher Report posts him nonstop, and it's just he's like mm. too small of a guard to actually be good. Uh, in the NBA, in my opinion. Fair. Um, you ready to move on to just random breakout players? I agree. Yeah, let's do that. I, I yeah. You've already talked about John Wright a lot. Um, or both of dude, us have, I guess. I, but oh he's, he's going like, to like, so, go crazy this gonna, season. Dude, he's, he's dropping 25 a game. <laughs> we talked about Jordan Poole. Okay, John Wright also has a chance to be an all-star, even though you have to then think about who's going to fall out. But that's a conversation no, for I, another I, day. I think, I think he's going to be an all-star. Yeah. I, I would yeah. bet money. Jordan Poole. Um, has been sick. Like, like he has, he's, he's a bit of a shot checker, but like also plays like within the world. It's, it's like, it's amazing what he's, what he's been able to do so far. I'm hyped about him. OG Ananobi, somebody I talk about every year in the most improved player conversation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Cause he's, he's not the kind of guy who's going to like make the jump to an all-star like necessarily, but like he just gets better every year. And especially now, like, like, like I can, I can definitely see this as a year where he like, He's going to come out and actually be kind of nasty. He had like 20 points in the first half, like last night, I'm pretty sure. So like, OG, that's that's my boy right there. Um, he, You're his OG. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about Tyler Hero. Yeah, Tyler Hero. Dude, he's getting like, I, I think he's going to have a good season. I think he's going to have a yeah. bounce back season. Agreed. Um, but, but. Meh. Dude, meh. I can like already see that like, Social media just wants to hand him the most improved yep. player award. Yeah, like from from preseason, it's like so it's so scripted. Now I'm not saying the award is scripted, but just the narratives to get yeah. people hype about certain players are so just predetermined. Like Tyler, like in preseason, they were like, "Yo, Tyler Hero, blah blah blah." ESPN posted like top moments from the preseason, and I I kid you not, it was it was like. A LeBron clip, a Curry clip, a Giannis clip, um, <laughs> like like literally, literally, and then yeah. and then Lamelo Ball because of course you know they got they got to do yep. Lamelo Ball, and then Tyler Hero. I'm like, why mm-hmm. is he just in the conversation with just your your five it's biggest so names? Strange. It's so strange. Oh my god, I, I agree. agree. That, was, that was that was why I want to talk about it. I was going to say like that's that's yeah. being overhyped. He's not going to be yep. that much better this season than he was last year. One day we'll start our own. Uh, media company, and we'll we won't have that BS. It'll be it'll be great. Kelvin Johnson. Um, I was about to I was about to say Kelvin Johnson. Team the yeah. team USA. Like like he's gonna come out and be nice. The Spurs are gonna need somebody to score, and so Kelvin Johnson. Um, they got no more Demar Derozan. Kelvin Johnson. You heard it here first. Maybe not, but it's true. Uh, Jordan Jackson Jr. Really, coming back from injury. Yeah. That's another guy I want to shout out. I mean, yeah, that's two I, I from the, that's two from the Grizzlies. Yeah, I think he'll be good. Uh, another junior, Michael Porter. He's going to be great. Yes, another yes. junior who would not be on this list for me. I I explicitly put it. I think Kevin <laughs> Porter Jr. is getting a little too hyped up. Like he had, he had a fifty point game that was great, and he's talented. I just don't think he's like you know a good starter in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's a guy that could be like a sixth man type of thing, um, which is great for a thirtieth overall pick. Um, I think DeAndre Aiden is going to continue his tear. Um, fringe all-star but won't make it um i think terrence mann is going to continue his tear um anthony good edwards good is going to be outstanding uh a name i have miles bridges he averaged like 13 a game i think he'll bump he'll bump up to like 15 16 in the hornets uh fast-paced offense uh Nikhil alexander walker for the pelicans um there's kind of a, a vacuum there while zion is still out um and while they lost um some of the guys i think 
Uh, Nikhil is going to fill in for the, the guard role, um, and that'll be good. Um, and RJ Barrett, I think he's going to maybe bump hey. up to 20, point, 20 points per game. RJ is, for whatever reason, one of the most inefficient scorers at the rim in the league. That's what <laughs> I'm looking is, for this season. Like he's, like he shot 40% from three last season, but also like 40% at the rim. Okay, RJ this year, we're watching. Like, that's that's my boy from Duke. I went back and I watched a lot of his clips working here. Like, dude can finish at the rim, and now we got to see it. We got to see that part of his game translate to the NBA. Um, yeah, let's finish it off with with some finals predictions. Um, like way too early finals predictions, like almost Dude, like yeah. before the season. Yeah. So, so as I alluded to earlier, I was so close to not having the Lakers because I was like, yeah. bro, this isn't working. But I had, I would have pre Westbrook trade, I had the Lakers in the finals and I am less confident, but I still have the Lakers in the finals. So I'm not a fan of the Westbrook trade, but I still have the Lakers in the finals. Just got, I think the talent's there and the Clippers are gone. Um, I think the, the main threats to them would be the Suns, Jazz, Nuggets, or Warriors. Um, Especially if Clay's back, I think like the Warriors have a freaking good shot at getting to the finals. Um, in the East, I have the Bucks. I don't have the Nets. Um, just because yep. this, I'm pretty sure this Lake, this Lakers Bucks matchup in the finals. Not only did I predict last year, I think I predicted the year before. <laughs> so that sounds I'm like, right. I'm, that sounds right. I'm just, I'm just, I don't You're know why I want ways, this to happen yeah. so much. I'm, I'm stuck in my ways. No, that'd be fun. That'd be but, fun. Yeah, I, I called the Bucks in last I, year though. I'm proud of that. I refuse. I don't know why. I'm refusing to put the Lakers or the uh, sorry the, the Suns or the or the Jazz in the finals. I just don't know why. Like, it just I don't want to see the, those two teams in the finals. I don't trust the Jazz for one. And we saw the Suns last year, and I'm like, okay, I get it now. Like, I don't really want to see that again, to be honest. Um, I'm going, and, and I don't. I'm not picking the the Lakers because I'm just like so like I had such a visceral reaction to the to like the Westbrook stuff that like I'm just like not going to pick them either you're, you're just gonna have to deal with it um so i'm going with the dallas mavericks mother like call me call me crazy dallas mavericks you know like no, i would leave leave this place you, you know you don't even understand how much i want to pick the nuggets but but if I, they don't yeah, have to, I, i'm shocked you didn't pick the nuggets i oh i would i would if if i knew if i had any source confirming that jamal murray was going to play in the playoffs <laughs> you know the nuggets would be my pick. <laughs> They so so, I'll, so I'll, add this, I'll add this right now. So with stipulation, <gasps> if Jamal Murray is back by the finals, <laughs> the Nuggets are winning. Are winning. Are winning it all. <laughs> but, you're but, you're menace, though. <laughs> but 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 just to be interesting, I'm picking the I'm picking the I'm picking the Mavericks because for the East, I also have the Bucks. Like that's kind of boring. Um, if I'm gonna pick the a repeat, if I'm gonna pick a repeat winner in the East, you know, I, I'm gonna spice it up in the West. So Mavericks oh are, coming, are coming out of the West. And uh, and Bucks are coming out of the East. I think if that matchup happens, Bucks 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 win the East. Um, yeah, the Nets. I don't know. I I like. I don't. I, I'm. It's it's hard for me to say just because like like I'm a, I'm a fan of the Nets, but also like I don't know that I can trust it right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I guess. And, you guess. and the Bucks are just the safe pick. If I like I said, if I if I'm gonna pick the, <laughs> pick the Mavericks, I have to pick the the Bucks. I feel like that's the yeah. that's the can't miss answer. I think. Um, well, uh, all right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Space Floor NBA Podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, the the long distance presentation. Uh, <laughs> follow, follow us on Instagram at Space Floor Podcast and on Twitter Space Floor. We're also on Apple and Spotify. Uh, in addition to subscribe on YouTube. And thank you so much. My name is Connor Gielen. and I'm Connor Flannery. And see you next time. Peace. Shout, shout out to, to Jamal Murray. Shout out to Jamal Murray's <laughs> whatever he injured. <laughs>